the paranormal, whether you're talking about aliens or ghosts or werewolves or whatever, it, it doesn't really make a claim on your life. So it's pretty low Ooh. commitment. You know, so it's like, ah, oh, that's kind of interesting. That's fun. But I don't have to repent and, like, you know, admit that the ghosts are Lord. But I'll tell you what's the scariest around. Sin. It's the scariest. Sin. Hurts everyone. Hello. Welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the family and discipleship pastor at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Pastor Anthony Trussoni, the supported elder at Poland Baptist Church in Poland, Maine. All right. Good afternoon, Ben. How are you doing today? Doing pretty well. Enjoying the, the weather beginning to cool a little bit. Still warm here in the afternoons, but uh, how about you? Have you guys got snow on the ground? or? Not yet, actually. So it's October when we're recording, uh, almost that uh, early October, and it's going to be 83 for a high today, which I imagine has got to be a record. It's really, really, really nice. It's bizarre seeing the trees turn colors and yet also having like a beach day. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's, it gets up in the 80s right now for us during the day, but it is nice and the mornings and the evenings, which, I mean, 80s is not bad considering how it was this summer. Well, I'm so. sure. So, you know, speaking of the summer, early fall, that uh, were you hanging around Mexico much uh, the past couple of weeks when uh, news broke out of an unearthly nature? Uh, I haven't been to Mexico since 2004. Okay. Uh, so. so I don't I don't know if you heard or not, but apparently in Mexico, uh, there was a discovery of some like ancient aliens, you know, cue the one guy with the terrible hair and, uh, <laughs> that were brought before, I think, the the Mexican uh, Congress. And some people are really citing this as true evidence that uh, the, you know, that aliens have been among us for millions of years. So that have you met any of those aliens, Ben? Um. No, but I think I've met people who may think they have. <laughs> so were they there with the Aztecs or something? Or I guess so. They're short little guys, I guess. But uh, anyway, so so I wanted to talk today, especially as we near uh, Halloween, you know, spooky season as they're calling it now. Uh, I want to talk about the paranormal today. So now I want to, Ben, how much experience do you have with the paranormal? Uh, do you like, is there a ghost in your office right now? Uh, are you, are you a mom? me that's doing the podcast with me oh well, hold on let me let me take my tinfoil hat <laughs> off uh, it may interfere with our signal <laughs> so i mean i've watched tv shows uh on it and some that were you know uh dramas and some that were i don't know pseudo documentary kind of things where they're going around and um testing with equipment and and this kind of stuff actually uh, my father-in-law before he was a believer was into the occult and so he did stuff with ouija boards mm -hmm. um and so i've talked to him some about those experiences but that's the closest i've gotten yeah so for me i suspect i seem to people like i was abducted so, I mean, that's probably the, my closest one, but no, uh, what's funny for me is uh, that, so I used to, when I was young, even in like high school, I used to watch Unsolved Mysteries. Did you ever watch that? 
too much, man. Uh, it scared me as a little kid. <laughs> it's so, like, oh no, that guy that they can't find, he's he's hiding behind the house. Yeah, so on Unsolved Mysteries, they uh, they mentioned this northern Illinois town uh, for a ghost that was by the by the main road that would appear during like I think Friday nights and that and then lo and behold that was my town and uh so you know my town uh in illinois was kind of famous for a ghost uh and uh so so yeah so and i and i actually i will say that when i when i was young at one point late at night i woke up in the middle of the night and i thought i saw a ghost uh, and now i realize that it was probably actually the blinds the day after later but uh, i i thought i saw a ghost at one point in my life uh, but i also used to i used to hate watch the sci-fi channel i don't know if you're familiar with that idea of hate watching uh, I've not heard that. Hate watching is a thing people do more and more these days where they watch something that they think is terrible and just to kind of, uh, you know, to enjoy how awful it is. And I used to. Oh, it's like, what was that? Mystery Theater 3000? Yeah. Yep. Mystery so, Se- that kind of idea. So okay. I used to, I remember at, uh, at Planet Fitness, when I would go to Planet Fitness, uh, the al- Ancient Aliens was often on and I would watch it just with a, a ridiculous smile on my face of how dumb this <laughs> is. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've heard very intelligent people um, propose that as like how civilization began. Like, well, there seems to be some sort of intelligent cause here. So maybe it was that. <laughs> Yeah, so. But why do you think our culture is so likely to believe in the paranormal, Ben? I think just there's an inherent belief in supernatural, unseen things. Um, But there's also a rejection of the truth. And so it can kind of lead to this openness to whatever. Um, I think, too, though, the paranormal, whether you're talking about aliens or ghosts or werewolves or whatever, it, it doesn't really make a claim on your life. So it's pretty low Ooh. commitment, you know, so it's like, ah, oh, that's kind of interesting. That's fun. But I don't have to repent and like, you know, admit that the ghosts are Lord um, or Bigfoot or, you know, what I don't know if you put that in paranormal or not. But um, so I, I think those things factor in. But what about you? That's a fascinating point. And I have my introduction to this episode now. So <laughs> <laughs> my little thing in the front. So, so, uh, yeah. So do you know how many people believe in the paranormal in our culture? Uh, it's, it's a good thing I'm sitting down. I don't know, but I bet it's a lot. So it's around uh, that if you just specifically look at Bigfoot, uh, aliens visiting America and ghosts, uh, two thirds of Americans believe one or multiple of those things really? exist. So, which I'm wow. surprised Bigfoot would be that high. So, you know, and I was even talking with a Bigfoot and he wasn't sure if he existed, but, uh, <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, I think for some, it can be the same reason that conspiracy theories are popular. I think sometimes people like to have a lot of these, you know, people like to have a complex explanation of things or sometimes in, and and actually correlating way a very simple way to explaining things that that are tricky for them to get their minds around uh you know and i think in that too sometimes people grab hold of these kinds of things because they feel like if they if they are the unusual with that that makes them feel like they have something that where they're you know where where they know something that somebody else doesn't know almost the same attraction that gnosticism had you know thousands of years ago and uh, I mean, I'll also add to that media. 
I mean, frankly, literally, my wife and I, we listen to the news. Uh, one of the ways we get our news is we have our Amazon Echo uh, say with what's in NPR. And NPR was reporting on that ridiculous Mexican alien thing, so which isn't very responsible journalism. So that probably doesn't help. But media beyond that, too, like, you know, all the movies and everything that surround this kind of topic. Uh, even, uh, even when Disney is one of them tanked this year, but still, I feel like tons and tons of our media is surrounded with that kind of topic. What, uh, what movie was that? A Haunted Mansion. So the remake oh, okay. of Haunted Mansion. Okay, I, I think I did see some previews about it that. Tanked, so, but anyway. But I don't think it tanked because people were like, I don't believe it's paranormal anymore. So I, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think it tanked because Disney's like, I don't believe in good screenwriting anymore. <laughs> that makes you more like. Yeah. <laughs> no, how can acceptance of ghosts rise as the Christian faith is more and more seen as fairy tales? Because that's really something that fascinates me. You know, we were living a time where what we believe about the Bible is seen as a fairy tale by many people. And yet, a lot of those people that have that perception are, are like really embracing things like that I've seen ghosts or that ghosts exist. Hmm. You know, I think, I mean, I said it just a minute ago that there's this inherent belief in, in supernatural kind of unseen things. And I think there's a, a sense that people want to have some connection to the spiritual world, but there's also uh, a level of acceptance that evil is real in some way. Now, you know, it's like Hitler and Stalin and, you know, bin Laden and a few people like that. Uh, though, I mean, honestly, uh, probably a lot of people in Gen Z, bin Laden's not even really on the radar. Whereas, like, people that grew up in our era, it's like, yeah. oh man, bin Laden. Um, but now he's dead and gone. And um, so I think there is some acknowledgement of that. And so sometimes we want to go, oh, well, if there's these things going on, uh, we just can't explain them. I think there's two this desire to like be watched over by grandma, uh, yeah. and so I mean, so like, w was Byron, Illinois, that was at your town? Yeah. So okay. I I, I could it was either Byron, Illinois. I lived in Belvedere, Illinois, later in high school, but I think it was Byron, Illinois, that was the famous ghost. So okay, so yeah, the, the ghost of uh, Byron or, or wherever else. Um, Sometimes it's like a malicious ghost, but then other times it's like the person's just there and they're sad to be gone and, you know, this kind of thing. And so it's like adapting a view of the afterlife that's not truly Christian, yeah. but it's it's not fully naturalistic and materialistic either. There's just this recognition like, yeah, there's, there's more. We don't just die and then get eaten by worms and, and that's it. Um, and so, yeah, I just see those kind of things rising. Uh, but, yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think those are good points. I would add, I think this these facts that we're having this decline in belief and biblical truth, uh, and even so much as to go to the point where people are seeing like Christian beliefs as kind of, you know, like just like silly fiction, like like children's stories. And while at the same time people are, are rising in belief in these things that really are not 
founded in science or reason. I think it shows us that, you know, people aren't moving past Christianity because they are encountering good arguments. I think that this shows us that the rejection of our faith is not rooted in our faith being illogical because, you know, I don't think inherently a culture as, a, as general is showing itself to exactly be that. So, But I also think to what you said earlier, people want meaning in their life without having accountability. And again, yeah, you're not going to be held accountable that, you know, the, I mean, I guess the alien that, you know, that abducts you might hold you accountable to some degree, but uh, you know, not individually so much. Maybe it'll right. be based on how they've treated the earth. So, but uh yeah, and I think that to some degree also there's truth in this because, you know, when when the gospel went forward throughout history, it has always led to kind of retreat in pagan philosophy. And so it would seem to make sense that where the gospel is not going forward, those kind of pagan philosophies would, would kind of increase. Almost, you know, the vacuum's been opened up in that way and it's being filled up. So, Yeah, that's a good point. Now, can and should Christians believe in the paranormal? Should we go out and visit Area 51 today? I mean, if they'd let me tour it, I would be interested to, just to see. I could verify from people. <laughs> but um, I think we should believe in the spiritual world, uh, the unseen realm, as some might call it. But ghost in the sense of, you know, the ghost of the, the lady that used to live in this house and that kind of thing, I know. Um yeah, are there things that we can't explain? Well, sure. I, and again, I think we should have a, a biblical and, and healthy view that there is an unseen realm. Um, and that may explain, you know, in ways that we can't fully articulate, but that may help explain some of those things. Um, but evil is alive and well. And uh, yeah, um, I mean, angels are at work too, but you know, you don't want to veer off into the course of like, you know, touched by an angel kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but also, th- there can be like a, and you know, I have charismatics that I love and respect, but like a hyper charismatic, yeah. and like basically, there's a a demon behind every bush, and there's a spirit of accidents and a spirit of this and that, and um, just stuff that's extra biblical, uh, and sometimes just don't like. Uh, just seems kind of half-baked, uh, yeah. I'll say. And uh, so I don't think that's the area we want to go into either. Yeah. Actually, I think this, in a way, to me, goes back to the podcast we did with uh, with my wife's uncle, Bob, Dr. Dr. Bob Reedus. Uh, I think we should be people of the word and nature, you know, mm-hmm. and not like worshiping nature, but we observe and we value God's natural order. And thus, we should rightly question things that are fantastical like this. I mean, I, I actually think that it should be the case that there's a weird association that, you know, almost that we are gullible people because we're Christians. But no, we should should be people that that put things to the test and that you know and that question things in the right sense to, to search for the truth to be sleuths for the truth uh and so we should not just quickly embrace these kind of out there fantastical things so you know i on some things with this uh I, you know i i kind of feel like whatever on what christians believe on it so long as you hold it with an open hand i mean honestly like if a member of our church or you know or a regular visitor were to believe that Bigfoot's real 
and you know they're not like trying to cause division over it i mean i'm not going to i'm not going to confront them on it uh i mean i might ask them for some bigfoot meat to cook on my grill but you know (laughs) yeah it's not you're not going to put it in your statement of faith like bigfoot is not real you know like those are not defining uh yeah and you know i think christian belief in the paranormal uh, that actually can get us kind of dismissed. And I actually think we're seeing this particularly uh, that there's been some kind of connection to the paranormal in some far-right extreme conspiracy theories. So uh, there's been some of the far-right, uh, some of the alt-right has been using numerology, for example, uh, which numerology is essentially very, very similar to, you know, occult ideas and ideas that kind of, you know, if you get the numbers in a person's name, like the number that corresponds each letter in their name that tells us something you know deeper spiritually in the universe and we should reject that kind of madness so well also like the the shape-shifting lizard people who are you know running the the government in the world um i guess i guess you'd put that into this uh category i suppose uh, so but uh, but now uh the now i'd love it if you or perhaps a lizard person can answer to me uh what does the bible say about paranormal matters well, in some sense, it doesn't directly address the questions of aliens and Bigfoot and the rest, um, but it does assume and, and just clearly asserts that the spirit world is real. Um, God has has a creation that is not of this material world, and, and Satan and evil are allowed to interact with this seen realm um, that, that we are in, this you know physical creation, uh, and they're given permission to deceive, to intimidate, uh, different things like that. And so um, I was talking to someone the other day, and I said, you know, Satan is like a nasty pit bull who is he's on a leash. It's a very long leash, but he is on a leash. Um, and, yeah, I mean, can do what a pit bull can. It can cause some damage. Um, so, but as far as specifics, yeah, I don't think there's a text we can go to about UFOs. I used the almost the exact same imagery from the pulpit like two weeks ago, by the way, so in the pitfall thing. I can think of a few passages that do relate to this, these kind of paranormal specific issues in the Bible. Uh, some that address things that even Christians can wrongfully believe and that we need to reject it because of that. So, you know, some, the belief, for example, in ghosts, the belief that, you know, that there are kind of spirit beings that, that some people become when they die, maybe that have not, you know, gone on to the afterlife. I mean, Hebrews 9.27 says, uh, and just as it was appointed for man to die once and after that comes judgment. So I think the Bible is very clear that that kind of thing, it does not, it cannot happen. Man dies once and then faces judgment. There, man doesn't die and then, you know, be, and then start uh, that haunting Ben, Ben, it is, uh, you know, his home at night. Uh, man dies and then faces judgment. But another one, I mean, actually there's a significant growth in tarot card readers, even among evangelical Christians. People are going to tarot card readers and, and you know, on the people that predict their fortune, a lot, mediums and stuff like that a lot. And Leviticus 19.31 speaks strongly against that. Do not turn to yeah. mediums or necromancers. Do not seek them out and so make yourself unclean by them i am the lord your god so what are we gonna say um do you remember miss cleo or madam cleo i do remember call me now yeah yeah so i think she died 
Did she? Well, I know it turned out she wasn't even actually Jamaican. She was like from Brooklyn or something. Yeah. Um, and uh, the FBI got involved. And I was actually showing my kids that the other day. <laughs> I don't know what made me think of it, but um, but yeah, that's a throwback to our younger years. No, it's grown substantially from since Miss Cleo. Uh, but uh, and even though Miss Cleo was like super popular, yeah. So she died at like uh, she was fairly young. She was in her sixties, and and from all I could tell, she never had given a prediction or prophecy of that. So but anyway, but, uh, not not to speak ill of the dead, but it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that stuff's growing, and Christians need to reject those kind of things. Again, I don't think the Bible addresses whether or not, you know, there are chupacabras, uh, but, you know, it does address some of these more sinister aspects of the paranormal. Mm. So, uh, how might paranormal beliefs intersect with theology, Ben? I think, in some ways, we're getting, you brought this up earlier with your. Uh, uncle-in-law, I guess you'd call him, uh, Dr. Bob. But the what is our source of authority? Um, culture, you know, there's a lot of, at least in the Western culture, buy into that. And I mean, if you go to different places in, in uh, the two-thirds world, there's a whole lot of belief in, in some kind of spiritual something. I mean, you know, the evil eye and they're protecting their babies. And um, I, I heard a guy who, a Christian guy, who talks a lot about uh, the biblical witness to the unseen realm. He's written a book about it, and he said, "When I give this talk to uh, pastors, you know, from Africa and places like that, they seem bored because they're like, well, yeah, we knew this. We knew there's really <laughs> evil spirits, of course.' Um, yeah. But you know, our people's experience. Sometimes you'll see these interviews on the show, or maybe you know somebody, and they're talking about the stuff they've seen. Or have you ever listened to that show, Coast to Coast? Uh, years ago, so." But yeah, I barely yeah, remember so, it, so it's, you know, people, their interpretation of these things that they saw, like, are those what's determinative? Um, or is God's word uh, determinative on these things? Yeah. I think, too, you know, we're talking about the image of God, especially when you get into, like, aliens and that kind of stuff. But you brought up about judgment. Um, it's appointed to man to die once and then comes judgment. But uh, as it relates to aliens in particular, uh Typically, the stories you hear of aliens, they're not here to help us. They're abducting people, and they want to, like, take over, you know, like Independence Day and Will Smith. Um, take me to so, your leader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, they, they are here to dominate and crush us. Um, and, I mean, the Lord says that, you know, let us make man in our image uh, so that they may rule. Now, if aliens were to exist, that doesn't mean that we're just, you know, go dominate and colonize them. Um, that's not what it's talking about, but uh, it puts some challenges in that kind of thing. So um, what are you thinking on this regard? Yeah, so I, I think there are significant things. So, I mean, human nature is a huge theological aspect of some of these paranormal claims. I mean, again, thinking of the ghost thing, because, you know, the idea behind those, even those who profess Christianity and then think that that there's this kind of idea of, you know, we become ghosts or even we become angels and uh, to touch by the angel type of thing. I mean, it really, it becomes very dangerous because it kind of sees us in a uh, view almost like what Plato would have thought, where humanity is, you know, basically this kind of spirit and then we have this husk and in really odd ways, as well as, you know, it denies the basic biblical teaching on human destiny. 
And a lot of this does navigate the image of God. I mean, again, that the kind of little green people, there's an, there's clearly aspects of which you're thinking about the image, image of God and what it means to be created in the image of God. So I, I think some paranormal fear can treat God as if he's not sovereign. And that can be one of the real dangers. And that the fear of these kind of paranormal things can be rooted in a belief, you know, that almost that this world is in chaos, which is really, really terrible theology. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and then finally I'll add, I think that I think really dangerous to perception in it is that a lot of paranormal discussion, it kind of surrounds us. I that just believe basically, you know, almost this kind of, and they've perverted the idea of what faith is, of what belief Mm -hmm. is into something that is not the biblical idea where it is kind of trust uh, that trusting based upon what we do know in the areas where it is unseen. Good points. Now, now, how does a Christian view of the scientific method touch on some of these beliefs? You've kind of alluded to it a little earlier. Uh, one thing that comes to mind is that you know God made the world uh, good. He made it ordered and observable, and things are repeatable. And so, ghosts, at least, they're beyond the realm of science to explore anyway. Yeah. Uh, and in some of those shows I've seen, the people are walking around with these. I don't know, some sort of sensors and trying to test uh, activity of some sort. And it's like, come on, they're pretending to be serious. And they're like, no, you, you can't do that. Um, th- this is beyond <laughs> uh, beyond what you have capabilities of. And so, yeah, I mean, a Christian view, uh, Christian theology enables uh, kind of a sign, the scientific method. Um, mm. It gave rise to it or helped give rise to it. And so, Yes, these are things that I don't. It just does not keep me up at night. Uh, I'll say that. But you know, I guess if I was a, a scientist, uh, it, it is beyond just just like love. I mean, science can't really test love. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's just things that science cannot explain. So Christians certainly should make use of science, but science cannot explain um, everything about our world. And yeah, so. Yeah, that's a good word. So, yeah, I I would just add, you know, Christianity historically has been a seedbed for ending pseudoscience. And so we should not entertain it in the way that some people do. So, uh, you know, when we love God with our minds, we must reject this kind of anti-intellectualism is, is I think, an important truth that we have to establish because there can be kind of an anti-intellectual and also anti-authoritarianism, which is not a healthy approach to reason, even though we're Baptists and we're a little bit anti-authoritarian by nature, right? Uh, but I'm sure our Presbyterian friends will love that we sa- I said that. So. <laughs> If it turned out space aliens are real, would our faith be disproven, Ben? Uh, No, I'm going to say not. I mean, again, the Bible does not specifically address this, and it's not, you know, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and whatever about life on other planets (laughs) or, you know, these kinds of things. And so um, it's tangential at best. Um, So, yeah. Uh, I don't think it, it rises or falls on yeah. the little green men. I actually asked that for very personal reasons because I 
when I was a younger Christian in my faith, you know, I've always been a, a lover of science, but I used to think that, you know, that if, if it were to be proven true that, you know, there's these little green men, and I didn't think it could be, but if it were to be proven true that it would basically undermine our whole religious system because the fact that the idea of the image of God and everything, and, you know, so I don't, I don't believe that anymore. You know, I think we should be more skeptical of alien beliefs than, than the rest of our culture, in part because we believe something inherent about humanity that makes us different than any kind of sentient animal that could exist. You know, if there is aliens out there, we would have to face the reality that those aliens, you know, the savior of the world, that the God-man, the son, he came in human flesh uh, in the, you know, as a descendant of Adam, not a descendant of Ebiorp or whatever you know but i think if they do exist and have some higher intelligence it doesn't need to undermine the gospel uh but it would caveat how we kind of see them the gospel would have to impact how we see them and i actually think uh c.s lewis was particularly brilliant on this people know c.s lewis for uh narnia series but i encourage christians uh, that I think Christians might benefit from the space trilogy. And he had some really interesting thoughts on how the fall of man uh, would relate to, you know, alien life. So, and I thought it was thoughtful. Yeah, I've, I've heard of that series. I've not read it. I want to say I heard about someone recently who read those and that sort of like sparked their interest in Christianity. Interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. It's beautiful. So, I, I mean, it's kind of like he presents... The third one has almost nothing to do with space, even though it's part of the space trilogy. But the first two, they present first kind of, there's a, a human goes to a world without sin, and then a human goes to a world essentially uh, that without grace, almost. It's, you know, it's oversimplification. And so you hmm. kind of see this kind of distortion that human, that sinful nature has on things. So it's interesting, but... Now, um, the how do parents help their children navigate the pseudoscientific views that are oftentimes going to be held by their peers? You know, my kids uh, interact with peers that, that I think widely believe in a lot of this stuff. So how do you think we prepare children for this? Uh, that's a good question because if the, the stats are, are accurate, uh, that so many are absorbing it, um, and your own experience there, uh, I think... As we talk with our kids, um, we want to have caution. Um, we want to pray for our kids for, for wisdom, but also uh, tell them to pray for their peers. And, you know, I think there can be a lot of fear that drives yeah. those things. And it's like, well, there's something, you know. Um, and two, our, our age, at least in the West, is very allergic to making these exclusive claims. And so that's, I mean, I think that's part of the rise of so many people uh, identifying within the, the letters um, that they don't want to seem exclusive. Like, well, I mean, yeah, I'm open to that for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to be seen as a hater. And so, like, uh, we don't want to say, well, Jesus is the way. That seems so narrow minded. But it's like, well, I mean, there could be. Uh, aliens and so just that I, I think it gets into issues of fear of man um, and, and teach them yeah to be to have critical thinking um, but don't invite that kind of fear into your life um, and we are I mean particularly if the kids 
us are believers that we're guarded in Christ, and and we ultimately know how it ends yeah. with God's people gathered around God's image bearers and angels and the, the living creatures and I don't know you may want to say they look they sound like aliens I mean they're, they're strange things in Revelation and Ezekiel um, but they are gathered around the throne it's not some some scene out of you know Independence Day or uh, the aliens nuking us or something like that or the zombies or the ghost apocalypse uh, and so we do know how it ends so I fear is just kind of where my mind goes but uh, what, what do you think well I think like a couple things in this uh, because, you know, I think young people are going to be prone to buy into the lie that the rejection of faith is, you know, the increasing rejection of even cultural Christianity is kind of rooted in this kind of scientific revolution of our day. And I think that we actually can use the fact that their friends believe these things, that you know, teachers believe these things, to show them that's not really what's going on. We can actually kind of almost do a John chapter 3 type of thing, to show where Jesus kind of shows what the nature of unbelief really is. Uh, and I think further we can comfort them uh, that the scary things, because a lot of the paranormal stuff is frankly pretty scary stuff. It can't har harm them. And we, I think that's important to do for young kids, especially that get exposed to this, even in public schools. Mm -hmm. We comfort them because we they know that either it doesn't exist or it's under God's sovereign rule. So, uh, we, And mm -hmm. then finally, I'd say that we should urge our kids to have compassion rather than mocking it uh, among their friends, especially. And, you know, and I think yeah. it's, you know, I, I think there's ways in which we can uh, laugh around these kinds of topics. Uh, but, you know, I think when we embrace somebody who believes some of these things, uh, the actual v version of them, not the X-Files version of what they believe, then we should, you know, we should have compassion there. Yeah, yeah. Now, how can Next Generation Ministries uh, touch on this matter that many teens already embrace? One thing that comes to mind is just doing a direct study on these kinds of things, particularly looking at what Scripture says about angels and demons and evil. Uh, I know my kids recently were asking, like, hey, we want to know about Satan. And they were just – and so then I said, okay, yeah, we'll do – well, we'll talk about that sometime. And – they kept pushing. They're like, "You, you haven't done it yet. We wanted. We have questions." And so one night after dinner, they just the questions were coming so quickly, I could hardly answer them. Yeah. Um. And I think there was a level of fascination. Um. And I don't know what motivated that, you know, specifically, but um, I think that that can be a thing. And and I mean, Jesus has conquered them, and so that that's important that we keep in mind those things. Uh. And just talk about that. Throw out. See what. You know, throw out a question, get them talking to hear what it is they think, because that may help to put some guardrails on how you approach it. Like you said, not mocking, like, oh, man, those people, what fools, and they're just this and that. And, and I mean, I think in a lot of ways, when we're dealing with unbelief of, or misguided beliefs of any kind, we don't want to mock and belittle and talk about how stupid the people are who believe that um, for whatever whatever realm they may fit in. Um but instead, not that you have to treat it, I say respectfully, like in the sense of, you know, dignifying it, but you're not trying to belittle the people that might hold to it because you may be talking to the people right in front of you. Um, and so I think, yeah, just digging down and addressing it head on 
and uh, there there may be just a, you may be scratching where they itch, um, but you're also helping to disciple them um, in an area that, that that could be under assault. Yeah, I would just add to that. I think that this these kinds of things prove that we need to do a better job of teaching young people about human nature because I think so much mm-hmm. of this relates to human nature. And I think there's so many ways in the church that do not have a uh, biblical and theolo- and historical Christian understanding of human nature. I mean, you see that in kind of the rhetoric where people refer to the body as kind of the shell, or you know that kind of almost like the ca- almost like a husk that a, a cicada's in, uh, you know, left after it, you know, after it's born or whatever. And so we need to teach more clearly about human nature. And I think if we do that, they might be less likely to believe in some of these kind of things, or at least they might hold it you know with more of a grain of salt so well i think i think you're right teaching about human nature because even i mean you have a well we have a pet too but it doesn't really count it's a miniature little hamster that really don't interact with um you know my pet would eat your pet huh my pet would eat your pet exactly um but even and sometimes like the elevation of animals to the status of you know their brothers and sisters and their children and grandchildren and this kind of thing um i you know pets we've talked about this before they can they can occupy a place in our hearts uh but i think it, we do need to really I, I think we should question some of that because in the process of elevating the pets i think maybe what we've done is is we've lowered humanity almost yeah. um that, that could be one of the the byproducts but also and I don't, I can't speak for Christianity in other places, but I know in my own experience in American evangelicalism growing up, the the emphasis on the resurrection of the body was not there so much. We talk no. a lot about dying and going to heaven. So again, Husker, yes, to be absent from the body, that, that is possible. But the same person who said that, Paul, speaks in many places, uh, as did Jesus, as did others, about the the coming resurrection of our bodies. And so that they, they will be reunited to uh, our born-again souls. And so we have, you know, we're fully newly created in a new creation. Um, so I think that is, for a lot of reasons, not just to battle this, but, um, but this is just one side effect. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I think teaching on Jesus is and two natures i think actually even helps in that because i i think it's the early church really cared about the two natures of jesus and and with it what it meant to be human i mean so much and they essentially understood that after the incarnation you know that uh, the that jesus can't cease to be human because that is core to who he is and uh, the human Jesus will continue to be and can't stop being, even though it, even though Jesus did die and you know rose, then rose from the dead. But you know, human Jesus is core to even Jesus's body was Jesus. It was not. It was not the kind of. It was not the coat that Jesus was wearing. That the Son of God was wearing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Complex, but uh, now uh, then, how can families use this intrigue about the paranormal to actually spread the gospel? Do we just tell people stop watching ancient aliens and believe in Jesus instead? Um, I think you know I kind of alluded to it earlier, but you look at Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Now it's not an evangelistic tract; he's talking to believers about how to live in light of Jesus's. Uh, 
work for us. Uh, but one of the things he emphasizes over and over it, to this city that you read in Acts about how a uh, cult it was and how when they repented or some of them did repent and come to Christ, how they burned uh, like a ton of money worth of these magic spell books and that Jesus has conquered the powers. And mm-hmm. then you see that as well in Colossians. Colossians, the city of Colossae was, was near Ephesus. And so um, maybe some of the, the same elements were at play. And so Jesus has defeated them and put them to open shame, Colossians says. And you know he's been enthroned as head. And so um, I think from kind of using that as a launching pad, say, no, I mean, these things that you think are, are scary or whatever, um, he's in charge of those. And, and he has disgraced them and, uh, and offers us hope and life and peace, whereas these other things they don't. It, it generally – generally is about fear every now and then it's like you know grandma comes by the house to just let me know she's there and i don't know help me press on in life or something but that's to me i mean i don't have hard data on this but it's more often um these kind of fearful things these menacing spirits that are causing trouble for us yeah yeah so that's a good word so and and then our biggest problem is not maybe menacing spirits, but it's it's the wrath of God, um, and Jesus has been raised and He will be our judge, but He also now offers Himself as a Savior. So yeah. Um, so one thought I had on this actually is, you know, one of the reasons why more and more people believe in the paranormal is because people talk to one another about their belief in the paranormal, and they try to convince one another. And I think we should let that convict us. We should let it convict us that other people are often more willing to talk about their spiritual beliefs, frankly, than we are our, our true faith, the gospel faith. And, and I think that can spur us to the reality of the need for those kind of conversations. So, uh, but then I'll add, you know, I think we can listen well to our neighbors, uh, even through their very interesting beliefs. And then we can ask to kind of share where we're at. I mean, similar to what you're talking about. So, uh, but yeah, I definitely think we have to be careful about hurting our witness by entertaining this stuff too much as well. Uh, and so that is where, to me, it also does play into our evangelistic thing is as similar to what you brought up about you know this example of paul you know i think if we kind of flirt with this kind of stuff we actually avoid the uniqueness of our faith and and the true spiritual nature of our belief in christ so how can we help young people see how superstition sometimes intersects with Christianity. Because I think this can be a real danger where a lot of people are, we can talk about the aliens, we can talk about the Bigfoot, but there are people in more sinister ways letting this kind of paranormal stuff intersect with their Christianity. How do we navigate that? Uh, Now, when you say intersect, do you mean um, they're trying to put them together and these things are actually contradicting each other or just giving us an opportunity to discuss it? Well, I think, yeah, where people are kind of believing them both at the same time. I mean, you know, we see the rise of people that believe in uh, believe in ghosts and believe in the resurrection. I mean, the, again, you know, the, the extreme conspiracy theorists that are, you know, we need to take America back for God, but also there's a secret, there's a secret spiritual message and the order and this specific numbers on a Bible verse or this specific, you know, <laughs> that uh, way your name is pronounced. So, so, which is the thing uh, um, that exists? Okay, I, I think 
I mean, with so many things, asking good questions uh, is helpful. And so in, in those kind of cases, uh, getting them to look uh, specifically at Scripture. And then I, I've found, and I don't, this could sound, I don't know, arrogant. I, I don't mean it to, though, but I think maybe you could resonate with this. I have found that often people don't naturally tend to connect dots um, from Bible to kind of larger theological things, uh, beliefs, and then kind of a, a theological vision of life, yeah. like trying to wisely apply that. Um, it, would you sort of agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I think that tends to be the case. Um, and I mean, it, it does, it takes some discipline to do that. So uh, it, it's not to say that like somebody who, I don't know, like an Olympic shape uh, physically, it doesn't mean people who aren't are like lesser. They just had to, it took discipline to get them there. But I think trying to help them start uh, connecting some of those dots can be a helpful way of approaching that, um, letting them see like with the resurrection, okay, what does that mean about ghosts? Hmm, yeah. Will they be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord? Um, and just what the Bible says about some of those things. Um, Jesus' rule over evil. The, some of the other stuff we talked about with the image of God, just helping them work out some uh, implications of that and, and I guess teaching them to reason through it a little bit um, in, in a prayerful dependence on the spirit, but um, and helping them to see maybe where there's things that they're, they're trying to hold to that they're bumping up against each other and maybe ways they don't realize and go, okay, well, what needs to give way here? Uh, but I, that, that's my initial thought. Um, what do you, what do you think? I think those are good words. I really wouldn't have much to add to it. So, uh, but you know, I, I think we should encourage being patient with one another is the only thing I, which I can fail at that oh, many yeah. times. So, because we all, we, that the spirit works over time, right? So, now, yeah. uh, so yeah. be patient with them all. Well, I hope this, uh, this podcast ended up being a good lesson during spooky season. I mean, that uh, maybe you add it to your song list uh, with things like, you know, Thriller by Michael Jackson, or maybe the really actually excellent kind of Halloween-type kid song from Sovereign Grace Music uh, that Sin is the Scariest Thing of All. Have you heard that song before? Yes. Yeah, so it's good. a little spooky, right? Yeah, it's got that kind of a, a feel to it. <laughs> Anyway, well, it was a good discussion, brother. You have a wonderful day. All right, you too. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.